Good morning, Sunrise. I just want to send a warm welcome to everyone that is here in person or watching online. It's a beautiful morning. Let's worship our God. So please join us and stand if you're able. against 
Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest, and without you, I fall apart, you're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you, oh, I need you, every hour I need you, my one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you. God, thank you for this morning, for a new day that brings new opportunities, a sunrise that offers a new opportunity to embrace your love and your grace for us. God, we pray that this morning would be uh, meaningful to you, and that for those of us uh, who try to follow you well, it would be a way for us to see ourselves and you more clearly. In Christ's name, amen. Go ahead and grab a seat, guys. Welcome. That was not robust, but that's okay. (laughs) 
Uh, my name is Dan Fisher, and I've been out for a few weeks due to a back surgery. And uh, Dan Dupuis' wife did a tag team and decided to accidentally break her back last night. And so they are at home. Uh, they went to the doctor, the emergency room last night. She's got a brace. And um, so if you've ever thought about joining staff at Sunrise, maybe give yourself a little bit of pause. <laughs> Consider that. Um, but thank you to Connor for stepping in this morning to lead here really kind of last minute. Last night, the whole band adjusted and everything. But uh, regardless of all of that, we're glad that you're here today. If you jumped in over the last few weeks, I am a new face for you, and you're a new face for me. Uh, I do want to say thank you again to Noah, to the many guest speakers who were here over the last several weeks, again, the elders, the directors and volunteers who've done so much to help this church move forward well. And for your participation with us, whether you've been here in the room or online, we're really grateful for your participation with us. I have one announcement that's really exciting to me and I think will be exciting for many of you who have been part of Sunrise for a while, and that is, to catch those of you who are newer to us up, we have a piece of property that our community purchased years ago. It's on the south side of town by the Meyer uh, down in Hudsonville, uh, south side of 196 there. Anyway, we purchased that planning to build a building there. We didn't build a building there because this building became available to us. And so we decided a year and a half, two years ago, to sell that piece of property. And at this point, we have received a down payment in the purchase of that property. Yes! Which means we had two lines of credit. One of those is now gone. So we have one line of credit. Yay! <laughs> and that will be taken care of as the transaction continues to come to a close. So we wanted to make you aware of that. We know that many of you have been praying with us, have been wondering what's going on. Those are all the details I'm going to give you at this point because there are non-disclosure agreements that I don't understand. And I don't want to tell you more than I'm supposed to. But that is really, really great news. It's a piece of property that was purchased for, I believe, roughly, help me out here, $250,000? What's that? 275. 275. There's that bookkeeper we know and love. Um, and we're, we are selling it for just over $1 million. Um, and yes, it's wonderful. <laughs> you can clap about that. And so I'm wondering if anybody in this room knows who the person is who made the value of that property jump up. Like, is there someone in the room we can shake their hand for? Mr. Meyer? <laughs> well played, well played. Uh, it's a really great thing. Uh, we talk all the time about how uh, God is good and how he does great things, and even we say things like we don't know exactly how God works, and I think all of that is true at the very same time. And we right now are in a place that we now have this information as a community that this piece of property that we purchased for $250,000 with plans that were kind of this size for it, we're now in a place where the plans for that are a little bit bigger because of a God who has been faithful to sunrise. And in the midst of all of that, there have been ups and downs, right? I mean, we've had times when this room has been empty because we couldn't meet at all and everybody was watching online. We've had times when we've had tables in this room and we've been celebrating Thanksgiving with a huge potluck, disappointed because the pancakes were gone when we wanted more. And now we find ourselves in a place where we can very pointedly and specifically say, we serve and follow a generous God, and it's at points like this that we have to cling to and we have to remind ourselves that our God is good. 
It helps buoy our lives as we look back in the rearview mirror and can see those moments when it feels like maybe he hasn't been so good. Those times when we've had a piece of property for $250,000, we didn't know exactly how it was we were going to pay it off, and we were asking people to contribute so that we could pay for it. And now here we are, and we can look back at those times, and we can say, God is good. He's generous. This is the beginning of a brand new year, and a lot of churches will talk about money this time of year. We're talking about generosity. I did not say money because generosity is much more than money. Now, it will include money, and this is a conversation that some of you will feel uncomfortable about. But here's what I want you to know. I am not bringing up this topic with you because I want to guilt you into giving anything. Okay? Now, I grew up in churches where... Pastors, when they would talk about money or generosity or anything like that, all they wanted to do was open up that church bank wallet and say, all right, fill her up, right? And you leave, I would always leave feeling guilty. Am I giving enough? There are these different percentages that people talk about that we're supposed to give. They throw a lot of the Bible at me, and I don't really know how to fight against it. What am I supposed to do? We're going to talk about generosity. And in this conversation, I'm actually going to encourage some of you to maybe not give. Directors, you didn't hear that. I'm going to encourage some of you to maybe keep giving what you're giving. I'm going to encourage some of you to think about what you might be able to give. But I'm not going to not talk about this stuff. Cards on the table, yeah, we do need some help with our budget. We're behind a little bit. We're behind where we want to be. But at the very same time, we, we are in the process of selling a piece of property for a whole lot more than what we purchased it for. I don't know the percentages because I dropped math twice in college before I failed it but it's a good number. We serve a good God. And in response to a good God who is generous to us, we can be a people who explore together what it means to be generous ourselves. And so I want to talk about that. Before we do, I'm going to take a moment to pray. Those of you who need a refill on coffee, you can do that. Those of you who feel really uncomfortable and shaky about the idea of talking about money, don't worry. We don't have access to your bank account. We'll be fine. Let's pray. God, we love you. Um, We thank you for another time to be together. Uh, Thank you for, (laughs) man, putting together a plan where a piece of property that we purchased a while ago with one plan uh, is being used in a different way that's even better for us and what we believe you've called us to do. Um, You bring us all together as a banner of your love. And at the very same time, you go with us, you are with us before we come together and as we go apart, and we thank you for that. And so for those separate lives that we live that are sprinkled with doubt and fear and wonder and celebrations and hope, God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for the moments in our lives that maybe even right now or in the past are involving a broken back or a broken relationship or reduce in pay or whatever that is. We still cling to the promise of your son who is coming. And we thank you for your presence with us in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so we're going to dust off the pages in your Bible that are pretty clean, but probably have dust on them. We're going to go back to the book of Exodus. That's the second book in the library of writings that we have in a cover that you call the Bible. Or it's on your device. But in Exodus chapter 35, this is the part of the story, if we go back to this timeline here, uh, you can see Moses there, the fourth 
top row of polygon there, that, that thing right there. It says Moses. You can read it. Um, <laughs> that's where we are in the story. And the overall story of things, this is where God's people have been freed from bondage in Egypt. They've been forcefully employed by Egypt. They're not paid well. They're subjugated by the state to serve the gods of this Egyptian state. And it's in the midst of that that these people who follow God since the time of Noah and Abraham are praying and asking for God to deliver them, saying, we are in this piece of property and we want to do what it is we believe you've called us to do, but there's another piece of property that they call the promised land that God has called them to experience and to enjoy and to build their lives in. And at this point, as we jump into Exodus chapter 35, what we find is Moses, who is on Mount Sinai. This is right after Moses gives the Ten Commandments. He, he gives the Ten Commandments, which the Israelites believe are the rules that God gave to Moses up on the mountain, and he chisels them into stone, and he brings them to the followers of God, and he says, this is how God wants us to live. And there's a rave happening, and so... Moses throws down the tablets in anger and he goes back up on the mountain and he does this again, showing God's faithfulness to his people, saying, I want you to follow me. So that happens and not long after is Mount Sinai. And this is where it's like a, a wedding ceremony between God and his people. God's people have left Egypt. They're still wandering through the desert and they haven't gotten to the place that they're going to call home. They're forced to live in what for many of us would be like a tiny home on wheels. They don't have a place to call home. They've got to take care of the gray water, the black water. And in the midst of that, God sees his people before they are fully developed, before they fully realize the plan that he has for them, and he says, I want you to be mine. And there's something like a wedding ceremony that happens. And it's been said by theologians that the writing of the Ten Commandments and what happens on Mount Sinai together are as important to the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible, as the cross and the resurrection are to the New Testament. And so what's happening here in Exodus chapter 35 is pivotal. It's important. This is where Moses, the person who is tasked with leading God's people toward him, stands in front of the people of God and proclaims to them the things that God has revealed to him. And these are some of the words that he says. This is what the Lord has commanded. From what you have, take an offering for the Lord. And all the Baptists went, ugh. Everyone who is willing is to bring to the Lord an offering. Now, there are two groups of people here in this text. This is going to be a quick conversation. It's going to be simple and straightforward. And some of this is where you're going to find out that maybe you don't fit in, and that's okay. This is for you to decide and not for me. This was for the people of God to decide, not Moses. So the first group of people here is the whole Israelite community. Now, in our day, that's shorthand for the people who decided that they believed that the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob was the God of the universe and that they would follow him. And so Moses stands in front of every one of the people, if it was this time now, who say that they follow God in the United States, in Russia, wherever it is. If he could somehow get them together, he would say to all of us these words, this is what the Lord has commanded. And so all of us then, 
who have said, you know what, I think I'm going to put a toe in the water and I'm going to try to follow what's written in this book. These words that are about to come are for all of us. But then Moses introduces another group of people, and you can see it there highlighted. Actually, he says to all of them, let me back up, I got ahead of myself, from what you have, take an offering to the Lord. Very important phrase there, from what you have. There was a time in our married life when Stephanie and I were in seminary where we had almost nothing. We had to depend on the state to help us buy groceries. We had to depend on the state to have health insurance. We would wash our laundry in the coin-operated laundry washing machines, but not the dryers because we didn't have money for that, and we would hang up our clothes in our apartment to dry out. We didn't have much money. If you are in that situation, Moses is not saying... And I am not saying to you, Sunrise, from what you should have or from what you don't have, you should give to God. What Moses is saying and what I am saying is from what you do have. Give an offering to the Lord. Now, doesn't that relax your shoulders a little bit? I mean, I can think of the pastors who would stand up and say, 10%. You got to give 10%, and I want to see you here Sunday night and Wednesday night, and your kids better be in Awana or Pioneers or whatever you grew up with. And you better give 10%, and we're going to watch it. And if it doesn't come in, we're going to send an elder to your house and make you feel really uncomfortable. This is not what Moses does. There's no wagging of fingers here. He says, I've, caught, I've talked with God, and I'm telling you what he's told me. First of all, everybody who follows God, look, there's work we have got to do. We are in a land that's in between two places, where we have been and where we are going. And what God wants all of us to do is take from what we have and give an offering to the Lord. And at this point, Moses says, okay, now there's a subset of you who I want to talk to very specifically. Everyone who is willing. See, out of all of the group of people who have something to give to God, there are people who are both willing and unwilling, right? This reminds me of dinner time with my toddler, Addison. She's not here, so I can tell a story about her. She's not a toddler now, but many years ago, we would sit and eat, and like every young man, I would like to think I still am, but I am not a young man. At that time, I, was, I wanted to think still growing. I wasn't. I stopped growing in eighth grade. But I would fill my plate with food at dinner time, and I would give my daughter her food, and I would think, this is so good. I love it when my wife makes this food or when I'm able to grill this, and I want to eat this food. This is for me. And I didn't want to share more what was on my plate with my daughter because this is my plate of food. I wasn't willing to give it to her. But she would always reach over to my plate and pull something off of it and take it from me. And I would ask her, what are you doing? And she'd say, I'm sharing. <laughs> there are times when we make our own plates just the way we want it to be so we consume exactly what we want because it just looks so delicious. And we're not willing to share. 
And it can feel like when Moses says, those of us who follow God, you should give what you have to God. It's okay, well, I'll look for something, but not here. Don't, don't take this. That's not who Moses is talking to at this point. He's saying, those of you who are willing. Moses didn't say, okay, everyone, let's take a moment now, bow your heads and close your eyes, and I'd like for you to just raise your hand if you're willing to give money to God. No, the way Moses operates is he says, you have a personal relationship with God just like I do, and I want you to wrestle with God and figure out where you land. And then he goes on and he says some very specific things. We'll observe kind of what's going on here together. Moses goes on and he says, bring to the Lord an offering of gold, silver, and bronze. That's like your iPhones or your Apple Watches or your boat. Your blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and your fine linen. That means you're not goodwill clothes. I don't, yeah. Goat hair. People don't have a pile of goat hair at home, right? That one right there indicates work, doesn't it? Go home and wrestle down a goat after a long, hard day of work with your kids or out on the field. Cut the hair off of your goat and gather it up. Bring it here. Or a ram's skin dyed red and other types of durable leather. The best things you can get Survey those things and figure out what of those you're willing to give to God. Acacia wood, olive oil for the light. This becomes very utilitarian here for those of us who aren't even in the time and space that this conversation is happening. It's almost as though Moses says, look at the lights up there. In our context, we need LEDs. You got LEDs? Bring them in. Spices for anointing oil and fragrant incense. In the context, that was when you would bring together the leaders in the community who you believed were called by God to do something new, and you would together pray over them and bless them and mark them with an oil and celebrate together that God had called them to do something meaningful in their lives. In our context, the closest way we come to doing that is we have elders who we've prayed through, folks who have been nominated or Uh, vetted, and we'd say, yep, all of these people are able to be elders. We believe all of them are qualified and could be called to do that, and we celebrate those who actually become elders. Or our babies, when we celebrate the birth of a baby, we put on their foreheads a little bit of water to celebrate that God has made them and given them to us. And we declare together that we will be a community who stands with them. It is in those mundane spaces of life together as a community of God that Moses says there's opportunity for us to pitch in, to generously give from what we have if we are willing. You can also bring onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and the breastplate. This is the kind of stuff that the leaders in the community, the religious leaders, would wear so that the community would know who it is God had called to lead them. Now, there are some people like Creflo Dollar. I don't know if you guys have heard of Creflo Dollar down in Georgia. He's a pastor who said to his congregation, God's called me to tell you that you need to get me a jet. 
That's not what's happening here. There is no place in the Old or New Testament where a person who is leading the people of God is rightfully ever saying, I need good threads. I need a nice car. I need a nice house. Pay up. So when you read this here and you understand that this is to provide clothing for the leaders of God's people, this is not a grab. This is the way God designed for the community of God to care for its leaders. Okay, so let's, let's go back through and look at this a little bit. First of all, generosity, it's expected of every follower of God, right? Moses did not say, okay, we're going to get together our core members. We're going to get together the people who have great attendance records, only those who are in the room, no one online. He doesn't say we're only going to talk to the gainfully employed. We're not talking about college students. He doesn't say we only want the boomers. He says to everybody, we should offer something to God. How do you feel about that? You don't have to say anything out loud. You don't have to show me. You don't have to write it down. How do you feel about that? There's a part of me that thinks, dang it, like everybody wants something from me. I get stuff in the mail all the time, Samaritan's Purse and all these other organizations. I've only got so much. And now there's this guy with a weird name, Moses, telling me I got to give something to God. I'm still traveling between two places, a place I didn't really want to be in and a place I hope to be, and I don't even have a place to lay my head, and we don't even have a building that is the building that we want it to be for us to worship God in, and you're telling me that I should be giving to God. And I think if all of us are honest, there's a a slice of us that say that same thing in our minds. Because doggone it, that daily Dunkin' Donuts coffee is good. Those memberships here, or the involvement there, those things are a lot of fun. Now, I'm not here to say those are bad things, okay, at all. I grew up playing sports. Uh, we have a cabin as a family that we share, and we go up there and visit it. We go skiing sometimes. There, it's okay to have fun. It is okay to spend money. I am not saying, and Moses is not saying, give everything. But what Moses is clearly saying is that Every follower of God can give. And then there's this second group that we talked about. Everyone, what's that yellow part say? Could you say it for me? Everyone? I can't hear you. Come on. Who is willing? That's where a decision internally has to be made. I can't point to you and say, okay, yep, you're somebody who's willing. I can point to me and decide whether I'm willing or not, but this is an internal decision for you. And as Moses talks to these people who are willing, he doesn't even know who they are. He brings to them very specific needs. Now, maybe you know what the needs are tied to because you know the book of Exodus, or maybe you don't. That's okay. But the list of things that Moses is saying that he needs, that shopping list like we provided for the time that we gave Thanksgiving meals out to people. We give a very specific list. This list here is to help the people of God build a place where they could worship God together. And so every need that he says, all the way from the iPhones 
and the Apple Watch kinds of things, the money from your bank account, the money from your retirement account, what you were planning to give to family over there as you got together to see them, those are the kinds of things that Moses points to when he says gold, silver, and bronze. He gets all the way down to the nitty-gritty, like you don't have gold, silver, and bronze, and all you do is you wrestle animals all day? That's okay. Cut off their hair and bring it. We'll find a way to use it. All you do, all you do, is you work at home, you make things with hands, you screw in light bulbs, or you fix TVs, you tinker with tools, you bake. What if you brought some of your olive oil? We could use that. What I think this does for us here is it says... Not only are there many needs and that they are all legitimate, anything that could be given is legitimate. There, there's another place in Leviticus. Doggone it. I don't know what I'm doing here. Leviticus is a, the book that follows Exodus. And in that book, another time when Moses is talking about giving, he says, bring a cup of flour. Bring anything. If you have a cup of flour, bring that in. But every one of those needs is legitimate. So first, he's talking to every follower of God, and then he's talking to everyone, what? I forget what that said there in the yellow. Who is willing? There are many needs, and all of them are legitimate, and there are many sources from which those needs can be provided. So every follower of God who is willing, whether you are like us, in Hamilton, Massachusetts, and all you had was four extra cans of beans because you needed your quarters to wash your laundry. (laughs) All you had was an extra seat in your vehicle to get to church. What are the sources that you have, whether it's goat hair or oil of things that you could give if you're willing to God. Finally, this is a, a word that shows up a lot here in offering, in the, in the text here, offering. We, we use that word a lot when we talk about giving to the church. There's also this other word that starts with a T. You know what it is. Tell me. We're going to gather together and we're going to collect our what and offering. Tithes. Yeah. I don't say that word to you when we talk about giving. That's the 10%. That's the word that's used when Melchizedek gives a portion of what he has to God, and it's called a tithe. It means 10%. Moses here does not say, people of God, those of you who are willing, give 10%. Not off of your net, but off of your gross. No. He says, bring an offering. Offer something. Over the last several weeks, we've been at home. I've not been able to stand up for very long. I've taken so many naps. I would have expected that I would have grown more than the half inch that I did after surgery. That's only because of the disc that they inserted in my back. Many of you showed up. You offered to help. You brought meals. You gave gift cards. 
Our neighbor is offered to clear our driveway. And there's so much snow out there, I feel guilty watching him out there clearing that driveway. Many of you have offered to show up here on Sunday mornings to work with our kids. You have offered to serve back here in the sound booth. You offer to make yourself available to serve as an elder or director. You offer to listen, to pray. Many of you offered to give soccer balls to kids in a place most of us will never go to help those kids know that they were loved. Soccer balls. Who would have thought that a soccer ball would be a legitimate source of serving God and His church? Many of you have offered to give financially to Sunrise. Many of you specifically looked in your wallets, your bank accounts, your retirement funds, your 401ks, all those other things that I don't even know about. And you said, we're going to give money. We're going to offer the money so that we could have these chairs, so that we could renovate this building, so that we could buy iPhones <laughs> to string together some way to do something online for people who couldn't be with us. Many of you have offered to make meals. You have offered to climb up on the roof to make sure that the heat and the air conditioning is on because those machines are old <laughs> and they need help. So when Moses talks about offering and you hear us talk about giving offerings here at Sunrise, it is those kinds of things that we're talking about. Some of the stuff that you already do. Yes, it includes giving money, but it is not only money. It's not scan the QR code and that's giving. That's part of it. And we've got to have it to have the LEDs. We've got to have it to have the programs and ministries that we do. But all of these things from the heart of Moses, from the heart of God, from the heart of Sunrise Ministries is an offering that we would willingly give because we see that it's needed. It's never from the heart of 10%. So here are some questions for you to close that I think are surfaced here by the text. Who's willing? Who of us who are within earshot of these words, this brief picture of what's happening in the desert with God's people, who of us are willing? And what will you offer? And then notice there's just that uncomfortable silence. 
There's no elder snuggling up next to you saying, all right, let's index what it is that you have. Here's what you should be willing to give. In a crowd of people, Moses asks, who is willing and what will you offer? And then to whom will you offer it? It's very clear that what Moses is saying is, look, people of God, these are things that we need to establish ourselves in order to bless the people who are in this community and those who will join us. But you know as well as I do that there are people who look at the things that we have and we say, man, I'm willing to give this to Colts fans who come over to my house and watch the football game with me. Or I'm willing to give this to my kids. Or I'm willing to give this to me. Or I'm willing to give this to Moses. But Moses isn't even saying, give this to me. So the questions are, are you willing? And if you are, what will you give? And when you identify those things, to whom will you give it? That's the end of our first conversation on generosity. And so God, in the midst of all of this, it seems like you're requiring us to do internal work. <laughs> Moses doesn't pass out worksheets. He doesn't really do anything more than say, here's what I believe God has called God's people to do, and here's how we want you to be involved. And God, this poses some questions that are personal, that can be difficult to struggle with, that can maybe even be the first time we've thought about them. And the invitation here is for us to see everything that you've given us as something that can be given for the sake of your people, for the sake of the world. God, there are lots of places we can give it. We know that. Lots of nonprofits, lots of churches, lots of needs in our neighborhoods. And we're not in this group of people who in the wilderness are trying to build a temple where we can worship you, but we are a people who are your temple in whom you do dwell. And part of our job is to invest in a way that we are a beautiful representation of who you are. And so, God, I pray that you'd give us wisdom as Sunrise Ministries to know how to use whatever it is that the people who are willing give, and that we, as your people, would discern well to whom we give funds, that we want to invest in what it is that you're doing. And some of those opportunities are through the local church of Sunrise. Some of those opportunities are by direct giving to people in our social circles or to nonprofits. God, we know that you are in control and that you are the owner of the cattle on a thousand hills that you promised to meet the needs of your people and who else would you do that through rather than through your people? Thank you for this time together. For those who are online, we pray that you would bless them. We pray that they would be back with us soon. For those who are in the room, God, we also pray that you would bless them as well. We love you, we trust you. Thank you for walking with us into this new year. In Christ's name, amen.
All right, so now this is really a little bit uncomfortable because this is where we talk about the time in the service where we actually give. <laughs> Here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to give today differently than what you were already planning, and here's why. I hate it. I detest it when people play on emotions. That is not my intent here. I would love for you to give whatever it is you were planning to give when you got here or on your way here, and then pick up a conversation as you leave our parking lot with yourself or with your spouse or your kids or your roommate or whoever it is, about what it is that you have and what it is that you could give moving forward. So you can give by scanning the QR code that's on the back of your seats. There's one that I think will pop. Yep, there it is right there. You can do it the old school way and go analog. There's a bucket back here to receive currency if you want to do that. If you're online, there's a link that will be posted for you there too. This is an opportunity for us to give. We can also give through singing, and so we'll close by doing that as well. Uh, let's return to our God in worship together. The reign of darkness now has ended In the kingdom of light Forever under your dominion, you're the king of my life, you're the king of my life. You reign above it all, you reign above it all, over the universe and over every heart. There is
God, you do reign above it all. You reign above our finances. You reign above the deserts that we're wandering in. You're guiding us to where you want us to be. And we thank you for that. Uh, In the midst of all of that, thank you for your grace and your love that continues to transform us. Be with us as we discern how to best invest our lives, our resources, during this time that you've given us to live on this earth. And we'll trust you to do that, and we will do our best to follow you well. In Christ's name, amen. I need to say one thing. When we first listed the property, we said that we would list it for just over a million dollars. As far as the exact sale price, I don't know exactly what that is. So as you talk to people, I, we're selling it for more than what we bought it for. So <laughs> in a non-disclosure agreement, in my distance from the actual conversations with those who are in the negotiations, I don't know the exact amount of money. But the point is we're in a great spot with that piece of property. So celebrate that as you go. And have great conversations with your family, your friends, as we jump into this new year and this new week. We love you guys. We'll see you Sunday.